Welcome to the Inner Source Healing Podcast, the program dedicated to helping you heal from toxic abuse. My name is Deborah Ashway, and I'm a licensed clinical mental health therapist and a licensed clinical addiction specialist. But more than that, I'm someone who's been where you are now and has experienced the devastating effects of toxic abuse. It's been a long journey through the path of healing, but I'm here to share with you the insights and the tools that I've gathered along the way. In this podcast, we'll explore the common symptoms that result from experiences with toxic abuse, such as depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, and feeling trapped. We'll also delve into the various techniques used by individuals with toxic and manipulative behaviors. But most importantly, I'll provide valuable techniques and practices to aid in the healing process. The healing journey brings us through those long-standing false perceptions that hold us back from experiencing a more fulfilling and meaningful life. It's about healing from dependency, codependency, trauma bonding, and abuse. You don't need to feel trapped anymore. Join me as we explore the path to inner healing and empowerment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this episode, we're going to talk about the ego and why narcissists, in particular, are so materialistic. We're going to examine how to deal with the materialistic nature of narcissists, and this is because it's annoying. The ego is a big part, if not the most significant part, of cluster B personality disorders or anything along the dark triad and toxic abuse. And um, so today we're going to look at some practical strategies and insights that will help you navigate these situations with grace and self-empowerment. Let's, um, first of all, let's look at what we mean by materialistic nature. What does that mean? Because narcissists often place an excessive emphasis on material possessions, on status, status symbols, and um, mostly external validation. And they view other people as objects. They view everything as objects to enhance their own self-image and their materialistic tendencies are just yet another tool in their manipulative arsenal. When people are viewed as objects, when everything is viewed as an object to their benefit, As you can imagine, um, it's very self-serving and it disregards the needs, the wants, the desires, anything really about the other. It's completely dismissive of the other. And this is why it's abusive. So we're going to look a little bit more at the ego. Sometimes um, I'll talk about the ego versus the soul. And the ego is what really maps out our world. In psychological terms, the ego refers to the part of the personality that deals with our sense of self. 
it gives us our identity in this world in in to navigate through this three-dimensional world as a human and it's also interested in self-preservation so it operates like a multifaceted concept that holds significant importance in well in in psychological and um, physiological frameworks because it's a complex system of thoughts beliefs and behaviors that help us navigate through this world it lets us know what is good in our environment what we can go towards and what we need and what is bad and dangerous and what we need to get away from the um, ego is derived from the latin word for i the ego it represents the sense of self and the identity and the conscious perception of the world it's how we conceptualize our presence in it it's how our soul conceptualizes this environment so in other words it also constructs our identity because we have to know how we are viewed i guess it thinks that we have to know how we're viewed in order to interact in this world it's like the mediator between the external world of the three-dimensional objects that we're in right now and the internal world of the soul. We can consider it like an encasement. The ego begins the mapping process at birth by marking each sensory input with various emotional markers. This helps us know the world around us. It helps it helps us identify which things are safe, which things are dangerous. It helps us stay in tune with obtaining the things that we need to survive and avoiding the things that we should avoid. Who is a friend? Who is a foe? The ego manifests in very superficial and materialistic ways because it is self-serving by nature. That's its job. It 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 prioritizes personal gain and external validation so in psychological terms the ego is the central component of sigmund freud's psychoanalytic theory he said that the ego operates in the realm of reality and strives to balance the conflicting demands of the unconscious which is called well he called it the id and the superego which he identified as the part that internalizes the societal norms and the values. Freud said that the id is what seeks immediate gratification from basic instincts. So he defined it as a protective mechanism that shields an individual from anxiety and distress. And that is exactly what it does. It doesn't want us to feel any anxiety or pain or distress or anything, anything difficult. It employs defense mechanisms such as repression, denial, rationalization to help us manage these difficult emotions and conflicts in order to maintain psychological equilibrium. The defense mechanisms help the ego cope with uncomfortable thoughts or uncomfortable memories and emotions by pushing them into the unconscious or distorting their meaning or other ways. There's a lot of defense mechanisms that the ego can set up. Now, Erickson, who is known for his psychological theory of development, he described the ego as the mediator between the inner needs and the demands of the external world. And he said that the ego's role is actually more 
in resolving conflicts at each stage of development because he was focused on the developmental process. He said the ego fosters a sense of competency and identity along the way. And he looked at the ego as an essential element in the formation of healthy and well-adjusted personality, which is true. And from his perspective, we can start to see why the ego is the primary problem for anyone along the dark triad or anyone with a personality disorder. So a personality disorder, just to define that, that's anything along the cluster B. Cluster B personality disorders are characterized by dramatic, overly emotional or unpredictable thinking or behavior. And they include antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder, and narcissistic personality disorder. Narcissism is a personality trait that's characterized by excessive preoccupation with oneself and a grandiose sense of self-importance. And all of them, well, almost all of them seem to lack empathy for others. That's because they are driven by the ego, which is self-serving. So materialism refers to an excessive desire for material possessions and a belief that they are essential for happiness and self-worth. People that are focused on objects, external validation, are bound to be materialistic by nature. They're going to be looking to external sources for their source of happiness. And not only for their happiness, but more importantly for their sense of self-worth. Because remember, personality disorders have a very weak sense of self. It's like that ego wasn't fully formed or something. It wasn't formed correctly. So the sense of self is distorted. It's not based on actual experiences. It's based on its interpretation of its identity in this world. Well, not all narcissists are necessarily materialistic, but there's a good chance that they are. There are certain factors that can contribute to a very strong correlation between narcissism and materialism. And one of the possible reasons for narcissists' materialistic tendencies is their constant need for external validation and admiration. They seek attention and admiration and praise from others more so than anything else to reinforce their sense of self-worth. Their sense of self-worth is really inflated like a balloon. Material possessions, they serve as the I guess like a helium or the air that fills the balloon. They serve as the symbols of status. It's like without this, the um, balloon would deflate. Even people are objects to them. So material possessions, actually possessions in general, which they do view people as possessions. They serve as symbols of status and success. They provide to them their tangible evidence of their superiority in their mind. And they think that this is, this all serves to elicit envy and admiration from others. And that's what they want. They really want people to be envious of them. So acquiring and displaying luxury items or expensive gadgets or exclusive possessions, all of this serves as a means for the narcissists to showcase their supposed exceptionalism. This can really like in their mind, this they're thinking that this garners attention and validation from those around them. If somebody's envious of them, I mean, to them, that's their goal. Material possessions can also serve as a way 
for narcissists to establish and maintain that sense of control and power because they view their possessions as extensions of themselves. And they view that as a way to maneuver and leverage others that allows them to project this image of superiority and wealth and success. And in their mind, intimidation, which gives them power. And that's what they want. Remember the four things they want, power, attention, admiration, and control. So you can see by surrounding themselves with these luxurious and desirable items, they are trying to create an impression of superiority and dominance over others. And materialism can be seen as a means for narcissists to reinforce their fragile ego and maintain that facade of invincibility and specialness. This is why typically narcissists can be very materialistic. And another aspect to consider is the link between the materialism and the self-esteem which it all goes hand in hand. Narcissists have a very, very fragile self-esteem, a very fragile sense of self, and they rely heavily on this external validation to bolster their sense of self-worth. These material possessions provide the temporary boost to their self-esteem, not permanent, it's temporary, because they believe that owning these expensive or exclusive items or objects reflects their worthiness and excess and success to others, but just you know, like anything else, objects lose their newness after a while. They lose their their shine, so to speak. So this boost is short-lived as the validation that's derived from material possessions is really dependent on the reactions and admirations of others. If so, if they don't get that reaction, then these objects aren't serving their purpose. Once an object gets old, they're not going to be they're not going to maintain that same sense of awe from others or that same admiration. Nobody's going to comment anymore about it or it won't, it just won't serve the same purpose. This is why it's very short lived. The materialistic tendencies of narcissists have pretty significant implications for others though. This is why it's not great and how and why it affects those around them. First, it contributes to this sense of entitlement and that's really annoying because along with entitlement comes a lack of empathy. They don't care about what you deserve or anybody else around them deserves. They feel like they're entitled to anything and everything, including your belongings, your energy, your resources. So because they prioritize their own desires and material gains over the needs and well-being of others. So they exploit and manipulate others in order to acquire these objects or your objects or your resources. They are um, trying to obtain for themselves. They don't care about anybody else and they disregard any consequences of their actions on those around them. So naturally these materialistic pursuits of theirs puts strain on any kind of personal relationships, any relationships at all. Basically, it puts a strain on anyone around them. Their obsession with acquiring possessions and objects overshadows emotional and interpersonal aspects of any relationships. Others around them feel used and devalued consistently, especially if they're treated merely as an as an object or a means to obtain an object or material goods 
and especially also if their own needs and desires are consistently overlooked as they are. It gives those around them a sense of having no value and being not important. And then this message is internalized. Over time, whether it's said or it's just shown in the behavior, those around them are affected by this behavior because our internalization of this message is loud and clear that our value is, our worth is much less than theirs. They come first. And in order to survive in their world without consequences, this must be adapted. And it is at a very deep level. And this is part of the reason um, for needing to heal when we've been in toxic relationships. And not only that, but their materialistic tendencies perpetuates a culture of consumerism and superficiality. Their constant focus on external appearances and possessions influences and shapes societal values. You can see this all over social media. It's everywhere, all over marketing. This leads to a broader emphasis on material wealth and a diminishing emphasis on genuine human connection and well-being, which leads to decreased happiness. Nobody's going to get sustained happiness from this. And they're really um, overlooking the actual source of true joy. And just like anything else, there's a spectrum of materialism among narcissists or anybody along that cluster B. Um, there are links between narcissism and materialism. The need for the validation, the pursuit for control and power, a desire for self-esteem enhancement. All of this contributes to their tendencies. All of the personality disorders share this in different ways, this obsession with material possessions. It can have very negative consequences for others around them, fostering entitlement, undermining interpersonal relationships, and perpetuating a culture that values superficiality, very shallow. And understanding these dynamics is crucial for developing the strategies to cope with the narcissistic behavior and promote healthier attitudes towards material wealth and personal worth. And like I said earlier, the function of the ego is really to map out our world and protect us and enhance the sense of self. It really does. It wants to be recognized, respected, and admired. And in the pursuit of these goals, the ego does adopt a superficial and materialistic approach because it's the ego. Because if we look at it through this lens, the ego serves as the materialistic function. It is the piece that navigates the three-dimensional world. It becomes preoccupied with the external markers of success and the measurements such as wealth, status, possessions, physical appearance, this, this self-serving ego system thrives on the validation from others and the acquisition of material goods in order to bolster its sense of self and self-worth. But this is only one component. This isn't the whole picture. The soul relies on the ego to map out our world and help us through this environment, but it is truly the soul where the source of joy is and the sense of self. That's the truest sense of self. That's who we are. We're not our ego. We are not. We are experiencing this world through the ego, which serves as our map, but we are not our ego. 
the superficial nature of this self-serving ego is is pretty evident in the emphasis that it places on external anything external appearances it seeks to project an image um, and then people with a very weak sense of self who rely heavily on the ego it's trying to project this image of success and superiority and often at the expense of the deeper values of the authentic connections the ego has no way of connecting of connecting authentically because it's not the experience like i said we are the experience our soul so the ego becomes fixated on really creating an impressive facade and connecting superficially and even if that means sacrificing genuine relationships or engaging in manipulative behaviors because it's dependent on that will not the soul the ego um, isn't focused on the internal world it's not focused on feelings it's not focused on the heart or intuition or creativity or a sense of wonder it's seeking validation from others based on the things like achievements or um, status rather than focusing on inner growth it doesn't care about inner growth or the development of any meaningful qualities so materialism really is a primary characteristic of the ego because it is self-serving it equates possessions and wealth and status with personal value and happiness it believes that accumulating material wealth and indulging in consumeristic tendencies brings fulfillment and validation obviously that's not the case it becomes trapped in this cycle of endless desires constantly seeking more and more to satisfy itself which is why it's insatiable why narcissists who operate heavily this way are never fulfilled they're never satisfied their supply is never satiated this is also probably what leads to infidelity and all kinds of things always seeking more never satisfied always looking at what's next what's the next best thing never really satisfied in the moment there has to be a a balance there has to be a balance between the ego and soul and anyone along the cluster b it's it's out of balance and an ego that is out that is out of balance with the soul leads to distorted perceptions of success and happiness it measures success solely in terms of external achievements and the accumulation of wealth and achievements and external validations it disregards inner peace or contentment and genuine connections and this is the mindset that breeds a sense of competition and envy and dissatisfaction because it's constantly comparing itself to others and constantly striving for more families have a lot going on let ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up like delicious lolly focus pops or lolly mellow pops for kids and for parents try three new brainy chews to help you focus chill out or get energized Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So if we look at the ego in terms of an operating system, which it is, it's our operating system. It has all the rules and all the programming. It is and contains the set of rules by which it operates. 
The soul just wants to experience the world in all its aspects. It really does. It just wants new experiences. But we do need the ego for our guidance in this world and for our protection. The ego also serves somewhat as a um, component to our existence so that we have a sense of ourselves in this world. If the way that we function in the world or our operating system is simplified into a spectrum where one extreme end of the spectrum is the ego and the other extreme end of the spectrum is the soul, then it's easier to conceptualize and talk about it. We're going to talk about it in those terms. So in order to operate effectively, we need a balance between the two extremes. It's never, never good to live in the extremities of anything. We need to bring that into a balance. The ideal operating position would then be in the middle where we experience the world using the emotions as our highest source of guidance. That's what they're for. But this is balanced out by the ego's understanding of the world around us. So we want to experience it. And we do want to use this as, as its intention, which is the navigation system. The problem is when it gets out of balance. The people with personality disorders have this shattered sense of self. It's damaged. The ego is damaged. It's distorted. This is this causes all kinds of other distortions like overcompensations for self-protection. The the defenses come up. People along cluster B or with personality disorders or with damaged egos tend to operate more from the ego end of the spectrum. And the closer to that end they are, the more they allow the ego to guide them. And then they are seeking to serve the self. On the opposite side of the spectrum, it is possible for somebody to operate too far along the soul side of the spectrum because this can cause them to be very easy targets or prey to people that operate along the side of the ego. People who operate from soul look out for the greater good. That's what the soul does. The soul is seeking to serve others rather than self. And this means that they lean more towards emotions, feelings, love, compassion, and, a, and towards a higher power for their primary guidance. Not so much for, um, from the ego, but more internally. Empaths are more along the soul side of the spectrum. They feel their way through the world rather than use their will. For people along the dark triad with these shattered, broken, misshapen, or distorted and unhealthy egos, overcoming this superficial self-serving aspects of the ego can be very difficult. It almost fights itself. It requires self-reflection and inner work and a shift in values. It involves questioning societal conditioning that equates material possessions with personal worth and reevaluating one's definition of success and happiness. Self-reflection is really hard for them because, I mean, it operates against itself because um, the ego does, the, the job of the ego is to protect the self from the pain or any uncomfortable feelings. So it really does work against itself. It can't possibly do self-reflection that causes pain. It blocks it out. So cultivating qualities like empathy, compassion, authenticity, inner fulfillment, that's all foreign to them. And But if they were to ever heal, 
this would become very crucial in transcending the ego's superficial tendencies. So if you're an empath and you're listening to this podcast because you've been around somebody that operates from ego and they've tried to reprogram yours so that you can serve them, then you're already there. Congratulations. Or you're already closer to that side, to that transcendence. So honor that. Congratulate yourself. See that for the value that it is. By recognizing the limitations and the pitfalls of the self-serving ego system, individuals can embark on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery, and they can strive for a more authentic and meaningful existence that prioritizes those inner values and genuine connections, which really makes life worth living, and the well-being of the self and others as well. It's it is through this transformation that people can break free from the superficial and materialistic nature of the ego and really embrace that more fulfilling and purpose-driven way of life. So how can we cope with this aspect of their behavior? If we're an empath, how do we cope? Let's explore a few strategies. First, you wanna focus on your internal worth. You want to recognize that value that you have in yourself that they desire but can't obtain because of their ego. And remember that your value as a person is not determined by material possessions or the opinions of others. So you want to cultivate that strong sense of self-worth based on your inherent qualities based on that positive impact that you have on those around you. Celebrate your own unique journey, separate from the superficial desires of a narcissist. Two, you wanna establish and enforce boundaries. This is gonna be a little more difficult for somebody who operates more from soul. Ego literally is boundaries. So that's what we wanna do. We wanna establish boundaries. That's essential. Materialistic narcissists attempt constantly to exploit your resources, your energy, your possessions as a means of control. So establishing clear boundaries is super important. You, you want to put boundaries around your, your belongings, around your, all your resources, your financial, I mean, your finances, your personal space, even your thoughts and your opinions. So be assertive and refuse to be manipulated into their extravagant demands or their opinions. Stand firm in your values. And remember that saying no is probably one of the most powerful acts of self-care that you can do. Three, detach from their materialistic mindset. Recognize that the narcissist's preoccupation with material possession or any material possessions is a reflection of their own inner emptiness and their own insecurity, no matter how um, bodacious they might come across. This really, this really is a reflection of their insecurity. And instead of getting caught up in their game, focus on what truly matters to you. Meaningful relationships, personal growth, the pursuit of genuine happiness. Embrace a more minimalist approach to life and prioritize experiences over things. Four, seek support from trusted friends and family, trusted allies, 
dealing with materialistic narcissists can be really emotionally draining. So reach out to friends or family or support groups, people who understand your situation and who can offer the validation and guidance. Surround yourself with people who value you for who you are, not what you possess. Their love and support will remind you of your true worth. And five, practice self-care. This is so important. Engage in activities that bring you joy and fulfillment, that are independent of any materialistic pursuits. Invest time in hobbies, in self-reflection, in self-improvement, and nurture your emotional and physical well-being. Self-care really is a shield against the toxic influence of materialistic narcissists. So prioritize your needs and make yourself a priority. Remember that breaking free from the grasp of these narcissists or anyone along this dark triad requires time and effort and a very steadfast commitment to your own well-being. It's a journey, but you're not alone. A lot of us have been there. And by reclaiming your power and establishing healthy boundaries and prioritizing your own happiness, you can navigate the materialistic nature of these people with confidence and you can emerge stronger on the other side. I promise you. Thank you for tuning in to Healing from Toxic Abuse. And remember that you are worthy of love, respect, and a life free from manipulation. You don't deserve that. Nobody deserves that manipulation. Stay strong, and until next time, take care of yourself and continue on your healing journey. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. For more information, you can contact me at www.innersourcetherapy.com.